We are so glad you joined us today. Our mission here at Victory is to connect people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus. If this is your first time or you'd like to learn more about Victory, would you go to victorychristian.church and click on I'm New Here. Thank you for being with us and we hope you enjoy today's service. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? If you'd like to stand, you can stand. I, uh, I realized this morning I... Uh, I am in need of worship. You ever felt like that? You feel like you need, you need to worship. I need to get my mind and my heart off of me and onto God. So let's pray and let's have that mindset this morning as we, uh, as we enter in. God, we just love you and we thank you for who you are. And God, help us fix our eyes on you this morning, God. God, there is um, so much in life that we can feel like we can't handle uh, we just don't feel like we are equipped, but God, you are big enough, you are strong enough. God, we can do all things through you. And we just thank you this morning. Help us be a sweet time of worship together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger, the King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in awe and wonder, the King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You would lay down your life. That I would be set I sing for all that you've done for me. Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who rules the nations? With truth and justice Shines like the sun in all of its brilliance The King of glory The King above all kings Yeah, this is amazing grace This is a failing love That you would take my place That you would bear Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. 
Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. This is unfailing love That you would take my place That you would bear my cross You would lay down your life That I would be set free Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Jesus, I sing for all that you've done Sing your praise 
shall return in robes of white in the blazing sun shall pierce the night and I will rise among the saints my gaze transfixed on Jesus' face and oh praise the name of the Lord our God oh praise His name forever Voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know. strong 
anything apart from you let it fall away let it fall away God we praise your holy name we praise you and we thank you God that you are enough God help us to fix eyes on you Not on ourselves, God, but on you who lives in us. greatness we declare your goodness we declare your ability to come in and restore and renew and make us into the image of your son Jesus because of you Jesus We don't have to live in the past. We don't have to live in the words that people spoke over us as children. But we can live in your word that you speak over us every day. And I know, Jesus, you are sitting at the right hand of the Father and you're interceding for us. It's your desire to see us walk out your plan for us. And we can do that in your strength. Because there's nothing too difficult with you, Jesus. And I just pray for all of those that have broken hearts in the place today. That God, you came to heal the brokenhearted. You came to set the captives free. So help us receive what you came for, Jesus. Help us to receive that and live in it, walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue our worship with tithes and offerings. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7 says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly, or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now you've likely heard this verse a lot, specifically with, uh, when it comes to giving and being a cheerful giver, but uh, the word decided uh, kind of jumped out at me this week um, because I was thinking about giving, and if you're anything like me, there's this like an amount or a ballpark that I usually give, and uh, there's not a lot of thought that goes into it. I, you know, I think about giving, I know that ballpark amount, and I do it. And I really felt um, like I needed to slow down 
and think about um, what I should give and pray about what I should give. Now, if you have some type of giving routine, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I just felt personally challenged this morning to just slow down and think, God, uh, how much would you have me give? Uh, or even in other parts of my life, who, who would you have me bless? Or how would you have me bless them? Or um, just being more mindful and considerate during the process and more connected and in the process and not as far detached. It's just, okay, well, here's my, here's my whatever this week and my X number of dollars this week. But it'd be a, a worshipful, cheerful consideration. God, how much would you have me give this week? So if you would like to join us in this act of worship, uh, you can do so in three ways. You can go to victorychristian.church and click on give. You can also give by using the Church Center app. And if you're in the in-person service, you can give at the front right of the auditorium at this time. Now, each week during our offering, we also like to pray a blessing for another local area church. And this week we're praying for Grace Episcopal Church. So let's pray. God, we thank you for this morning and this time of worship. Um, God, I pray that we will just be thoughtful in our giving, God, that we will just uh, glorify you in what we give and how we bless um, one another and love one another and are generous um, with everything you've given us, God. And I pray that you will bless Grace Episcopal Church, that they will continue to grow uh, closer to you, grow closer to one another, um, just build that community of believers up. And we just thank you so much for what you've done for us. We thank you so much for your love in this time this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, I'm Elizabeth, and I have the announcements for you today. But first, a couple of jokes. Did you hear about the man who's been stealing wheels from police cars? The police have been working tirelessly to catch him. Tirelessly wheels. Okay, that was a good one, Elizabeth. That was my joke. Okay, next one. Did you hear about the robbers who stole 10 cases of Red Bull from the supermarket? I don't know how they sleep at night. Okay, uh, here on to the announcements. We are offering our Discover class today, right after service. In this class, you're gonna learn more about Victory's mission, and discover how your passions and Victory's mission fit together to further the kingdom of God. And one of the best parts is lunch will be provided. All right, next announcement. Calling all ladies of the house, whoop, whoop, tonight is the first of our monthly ladies night out. We will have fun, fellowship, and a night out, meet us here at Victory at 5.30. For more information, you can talk to me or Melanie Parker. Now, enjoy today's message. How are all y'all doing today? How are you doing online today? Good to see you online today. I'm going to dismiss the kids for their class. And you have Miss Dana today. How awesome is that? I know the kids are enjoying their Monday night light here on uh, Monday night, as it were. And God Squad in the morning, they both got kicked off last week. If you're interested in learning more about those, you can look uh, on the Church Center app at our groups. Uh, what an awesome opportunity. I think it's also on signups for the uh, Monday night light. Um, I want to take a moment. This is, uh, anybody know what month it is? 
Missions Month, I'm going to say something like that next week, and you go, hold on, it's July. No, June uh, is Missions Month, and uh, we've been highlighting uh, missions efforts all over from our own Harvest Food Pantry and Recovery Group to Baltimore to Haiti to the U.K., all kinds of things. And today we've got a few things we want to highlight for you today. Uh, one of them is a wonderful couple named Jackson and Rachel Vick, and you've probably seen their little one, Phineas, here with them. Um, they are living in Montana on a mission with a missions uh, group there, and uh, they are preparing to do a work in Central Asia with the underground effort with the gospel there. Um, they're working at a training center right now uh, with their son, Phineas, and they need your prayers um, because um, uh, <laughs> Rachel... Uh, is pregnant with her second, which is amazing. She's also been diagnosed with cancer. Um, and uh, there's, there's a very high, um, there's a lot of faith and hope and trust that this is going to work out really well. The doctors have been not uh, demoralizing about it, but very faith-filled about it as far as uh, the, the way forward for them. But when you think of Jackson and Rachel, you want to pray for a good, safe pregnancy, that this uh, cancer will be obliterated, and that Phineas's little uh, sibling uh, will be here healthy and well, and uh, that their preparation for the mission field will be excellent. It's amazing when you think of sometimes the things that people walk through at the times that they walk through. Shall we take a moment and pray for them? Father, we lift up Jackson and Rachel and Phineas and baby Vic. And we pray your blessing on them as a couple, as a family. We thank you, Lord, that your name, Jesus, is above the name of cancer. And, Lord, let it be obliterated from her body for now and forever. And, Lord, may this child be birthed, Father, so healthy, full term, and be blessed in every way. We thank you for your covering over them and their work for your gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Another update that I want to uh, share with you, we work with a group um, in Central Asia that does a lot of work um, with the gospel, um, and there's a lot of work that we don't necessarily um, bring a whole lot of public attention to, but there's one program of many, many, many programs um, that they have a public video for, and I want to take a moment and give you an opportunity to see just this one ministry of many that they do in Central Asia. Go ahead. Pastor Mike and Goochlin and all assembly there, thank you so much for being with us this past week through the team that you helped get here there from Virginia. It was a wonderful time. We had a great time. We're looking forward to There are over 7 million Afghan refugees in the world. We're here in Tajikistan where there's at least over 5,000 of them. In the last four years, we've been able to do a sports project to help young Afghan adults to be able to enjoy the time while they're here, uh, find a sense of purpose and, and family together. So we have a sports project, a soccer project, volleyball, basketball, over 200 kids being a part of that. 
as a coach that they learn the basic skills, the fundamental skills of volleyball. But more than anything, I wanted it to be a safe environment where women would feel valued, they would feel worth. I wanted it to be also an environment where women felt loved and appreciated. women here. We have widows, we have uh, single girls, we have married women. So they come from all different places in Afghanistan and it's we're very proud to have them and to be able to work with them and make them feel valued in this place. What we want to do now, we want to start a community center where we can do a business training program English language, we want to do a daycare for kids. We continue to need your help. We continue to need your prayers, your thoughts, and we ask you to please give towards this. And we ask you also, who maybe are wondering, what can I do practically about it? Well, come on over and help us. Join us here. We have so much to do, and we need your help. We want support football, isn't that awesome? It's one of many, many different opportunities, and that's the public-facing video, like I mentioned. And what's great is in all of these things, there's an opportunity to share good news, if you know what I'm talking about. And uh, people have an opportunity to turn to him. And I've been there four times. I think I'll be there my fifth time here in September. They've been here and worked with us. Uh, their children are friends of ours. And uh, I got to stand on the, the soccer field and interact with some of those kids. And it's just amazing work. And, you know, God has really entrusted a privilege to us to um, connect with missions opportunities around the world. And that's a mission that we, uh, we support regularly and, and yearly. And last year, you gave big for that, for a need that was here for education. Um, and so we're really thankful. I want to keep on moving because we have so many mission things to fit in in the one month is actually a little hard. Uh, we have a new missionary uh, who is growing up uh, before your very eyes, and that's my son, Ethan. Um, Ethan, uh, Ethan, come up here and stand next to me for just a second. He didn't know I was going to do this, um, but Ethan went away to YWAM for five months and did their discipleship training school, and he came back and he said, Dad, I feel like I'm supposed to go full-time uh, back to, to Huntington Beach, California and serve with circuit riders, and their mission, uh, I love it, is to save the lost, to revive the saved, and to train them all. Amen. And so if you, you want to get your hugs and kisses in with Ethan, you got until August, uh, and he's going to be on his way. Thank you, buddy. Um, and so uh, it's really cool. We have missionaries growing up around us. Amen. Um, I sent an email, uh, as I've encouraged you all month, I said, hey, uh, pray as a family, give something to missions. We've given to tons of opportunities, uh, whether it's ongoing or projects this year, and I'll tell you more about those later. Uh, but right now, um, our first project that we're providing for is a young lady that I called Sally, who works in Central Asia uh, and does missionary training schools all over the land. And we're working to help her get into a quality uh, vehicle, and uh, we're really excited to give. And so if you're giving to missions this month, whether it's in the app, you just click on, you just say missions instead of tithe and offering. And uh, if you're giving a check or something, you just write missions on it, and we're going to give uh, what we have. Don't worry, you cannot actually give too much if you're worried, because i got projects worth that are double than that in Turkey right now that of. Um, stuff going on with with refugees what's great is we have lots of opportunities 
Amen. And so we're really uh, thankful again for that opportunity. And I want to uh, uh, invite Pastor Bobby up. We're going to do one, one other thing. But I want to remind you of something else. We are not outsourcing missions as a church. What I mean by that is we are the missionaries. Amen. And so we're inspired to share the good news of who Jesus is. We're inspired to, um, to work with people who are doing missions around the world. But we're all on the same mission together, whether you're here or halfway across the world. Amen? Amen. Amen. Pastor Bobby? Yeah, thank you. I love hearing about all the different missions that uh, Victory is involved with. I just think that's such an awesome thing. And I just want to tell you about one thing that Pastor Mike has been invited uh, to do that's a missions opportunity in our very own backyard. Um, some of you have heard of Westview on the James Camp. I used to be, I used to work there, and it's right down the road. And Pastor Mike has been invited to be the speaker there this week. And this is a pretty big deal, missions speaking, uh, missions wise, because there's going to be over 100 kids there, many of whom have never really heard the gospel. And have never really, a lot of them are unchurched kids. Some of them are churched kids, but it's a mix. And so I just want to pray over Pastor Mike today as he is going to be speaking there this week. And if you could just be praying this week that God will speak through him and really touch these kids' lives. Because some, a lot of them, I'll tell you, a lot of them, this is the only time in the year they're going to hear it. And they're going to really experience that message of salvation. And so, last year. Um, yeah, last year, uh, I think it was over 100 yeah. Uh, that Pastor Mike saw uh, accept Christ into their heart for the first time. Man, that is such an awesome, awesome opportunity. So I'm excited for him. I'm excited what the Lord's going to do through him at Westview this week. So let me pray over him, and then I'll hand it back. Awesome. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Pastor Mike and this opportunity to pour into kids' lives who may not get another chance to hear about your love for them. And I just ask that you will soften their hearts and that your Holy Spirit will touch their lives in a powerful way that will bring everlasting change and, and bring people into your kingdom. And those who already know you, I ask that you will use this as a chance to revive their spirits and their relationship with you and, and just uh, solidify their faith, Lord. And I just, I just thank you for this opportunity in our own backyard to serve. And I just uh, thank you for Pastor Mike in this and that he is being faithful to your call, Lord. And um, yeah, just ask for blessing over him in the camp this week. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Bobby, and I appreciate y'all's prayers this week, and uh, what an opportunity. We've got kids coming to our programs here at the church, and we're getting sent to other programs here in our community, and what an opportunity. I'm going to invite uh, Jeremy up. Uh, Jeremy is, is sharing the word with us today, and I always love what God puts on his heart. Would y'all give him a warm welcome today as he comes to share? Thank you, sir. Oh, look, I pushed the right button. That's great. Well, good morning, everybody. How y'all doing? That's awesome. It's good to see you. So um, whenever I get an opportunity to preach, I always start with, God, what do you want to say? You know, and, you know, I try to get it right as I go and, you know, kind of hope that works out. And the word he put on my heart for all the preparation I was doing was, like, was moments. Talk about moments. And I was like, okay, cool. Let me see if I can find some cool moments, like something like movie moments that were just like, oh my gosh, this is so cool, or you didn't see that coming, or you know, moments in your life where something amazing happens, or something, you know, tragic. You know, you have all kinds of things that happen. Like, but there are also moments like, you know, you could ask, you know, people remember things like, you know, Pearl Harbor, um, 
Um, you also have like world events that people are you know bind, bound to like you know like a moment of anticipation um, in 1969 when we walked on the moon for the first time. Um, you know, conspiracy theorists aside, but there's some really cool things that happen as a result of the technology developed to make that happen. Um, so I'm not here to prove that one way or another, but it's when you talk about when we walked on the moon, it is a, you know, globally known thing. It's really kind of an interesting, you know, it's a moment that is, you know, you feel one way about it or another. Um, you also have moments of personal, you know, revelation and things that happen. Um, a cousin told me a story. Uh, he and a friend went on a canoe trip downriver, and uh, my cousin was more experienced than the friend, and they were both um, going, and he said, whatever happens, I'll take care of you, don't worry. And of course, halfway through the trip, something happened. And the, the t canoe ended up capsizing, and as soon as he went out, he grabbed his friend by the collar, and because they didn't want to walk home, he also grabbed the canoe, and down the river they went. <laughs> and eventually, my cousin gets stopped with a rock here, friend on one side, canoe on the other side. And the canoe's partially submerged, and the canoe starts taking on water. He's like, this isn't going to last long. And he says, hey, stand up. <laughs> and then they were able to get out of it. Like, there's this moment of revelation. Oh, look, this was available. Like, his friend was freaking out or whatever. Anyway, I may get the story somewhat wrong, but it's the, the idea was, hey, this, this is really going badly. And the guy was like, you know, this is not going to go well, but... You know, there was this moment where, where there's a voice of wisdom that shows you the way out that was always there, which those moments are also cool. Um, we also have moments of tragedy that are followed by grief, and hopefully that period doesn't, it doesn't, it's not followed by a period of despair, but that happens too. Um, got moments of joy. A friend of mine recently shared a uh, story with me how happy she was to have her whole family together for breakfast. Someone might be giving away who that friend is, I don't know right now, but it's, you know, the family's gotten older, people have started to separate, and so you, this time that was just like, you know, every day, you know, you're just used to, like the family just gets together for breakfast, you know, when you're, when you're younger, but then when you get older, those simple times are so much harder to come back around, and they become this treasure. And important moments are meant to be remembered, and the stories are meant to be shared. Um, so, you know, all these moments, I'm trying to, and of course, there's so many more I could keep, you know, all the ones that I had to not, you know, go, I had to kind of pick the ones that I felt like, you know, we had more to learn from. So, um, and hopefully it's not too disjointed, I hope this works out for you guys. Um, but God taught me a lot of stuff while I was doing this, and hopefully it works for you guys too. Um, at the birth of Jesus... They, um, they talk about Mary um, treasured all the pondered all these things and treasured her and treasured them in her heart, um, and it really gives us an idea of what you know treasured moments should be like, how we should treat them. There's also the time in, when the Israelites crossed the Jordan River in Joshua four. Um, the Lord told Joshua to have each tribe send a man back to the river to get a stone, and all the stones were stacked as a memorial for the entire nation so that, God, so that they could remember when God brought them out of the land. I'm going to read um, Joshua 4, uh, 6 and 7 to you right now. 
um, that this may be a sign unto you. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people a memorial forever. Take a break here. We'll just pray to get things going. God, I just prayed tonight to this morning. It seems like night because it's dark in here. God, I, I, I pray this morning that, uh, that you would help us uh, to think about moments that you have given us in our lives, things that meant something to us, and help us to draw on the things that you wanted to teach us then, that you continue to teach us now, and just um, make your wisdom known to us as we consider these. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to back up just a hair and sort of retell what the story is. So y'all know that the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt, and then they were, they were miraculously saved um, coming out of the Red Sea, and the, God parted the waters, they went through the Red Sea, and then they got on the other side, and the Egyptians couldn't follow them. Then God tells them to go to the Promised Land, and they kind of grumble. They don't do it, so God makes them walk around for 40 years. An entire generation has now passed that, that may, so the younger ones may not believe the stories of God saved us through the Red Sea. And so when it's time for him to come through and to start over again, like, so it's time to go into the promised land, this is very similar. He causes water to dry up and provides a passage that's safe for them to come into. And so while everything's dry, and the way that the story is told, um, the, although the Israelites walk through everything, and once they're on the other side, God tells uh, Joshua, who's leading them at this time, says, send back 12 men, one from each tribe. And the tribes are like the families of this. Send one guy back and then let him bring a rock. And I picture in my head, these guys look like kids walking back from a pumpkin patch. They've each got the biggest one they can possibly carry. You know, like this one guy kind of went back, maybe started with, you said, just get a rock. And some guy's like, I like your rock. That looks nice. And he's like, you know, and they're all, you know, carrying atlas stones or something. But they get, they're not told what they're going to do with it. But the, they, for anyone who was wondering whether this river is going to come back at any time, they were all safe on this side, and they had to go back in. And so, you know, it might have been a little nervous, like, okay, well, I'll pick a rock kind of quick. But the point was to take rocks from the bottom of the, of the river where they don't have access, they'll never have access to go get those rocks again. You know what I mean? So this, this was a unique moment. Things in this moment are only available for this moment. Anyway, I think that's kind of cool. So they pull them out, and they've got this um, monument. And God knew his people would need a reminder. And he set an example of acknowledging a momentous occasion with a memorial. So in the big or little things in your life, find ways to remind yourself of the things God has done for you. That's important. I want to talk about the life of Saul and some moments that, had, that he had in his life. Again, having to pick and choose, but these were the ones that I felt like I needed to talk about. Um, Saul was watching coats. First of all, who's Saul? Saul was a religious leader, and why is he watching coats? He's watching coats because the owners of the coats had just heard testimony from a man who was found guilty of blasphemy. They removed their coats so that they could more easily stone him. 
according to their laws, which of course meant throw rocks until this guy isn't moving anymore. Um, as Saul watched, he approved. The teaching of this man were not just a threat to Saul's religion, were also an insult to the God he served. And there were others following the same teaching. Saul was inspired to action, felt compelled to defend the truth and oppress the opposition of his truth. Kind of an interesting place to be in. I mean, it sounds like Saul's got it right. Okay, there's some bad things happening and whatever. And we know, like, for those who know the story and kind of what's actually happening with this, I'm, I'm more painting a perspective of where Saul was coming from. Later on, we have another moment where Saul is blinded. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed all around him, and falling to the ground... Hold on, let me... Sorry, I need to back up. Um, for those who don't know the story, and I'm not trying to, you know, whatever, um, I meant to say, Saul then starts persecuting other people who had been following this, the same thing that this guy was talking about. And it turns out these people were Christians. They were the early Christians of the church. They were talking about this guy named Jesus that had come and had done things. He was the son of God. Well, if he was the son of God, then yay, that's good. But if he wasn't, they were pre preaching false doctrine. They were saying this person that was just a person's a God. Saul didn't think he was, so he was, this is, from his perspective, he was doing the right thing. So he started to persecute people who were teaching false religion in his mind. So as he went on his way, he had gotten permission from the, uh, the chief priest to, to, bring, to arrest people that were following this new teaching. And on his way, he, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven found around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what to do. When Jesus stopped talking, Saul was blind. The people who were with him had to lead him by hand, and Saul was blind for three days, waiting for direction. He didn't eat or drink while he waited, and he just waited. He didn't know whether God would restore his sight or not. He didn't know. He was just blind for this amount of time. Now, I want to also talk out, in this culture, a disability was often seen as a punishment from God. So his blindness was now a shame for his disobedience. But he was defending God's truth, right? Wasn't he? Jesus came to him and said to stop doing what he was doing and then punished him using a method that he understood God used to punish people. So did that mean Jesus was God? He had three days to think about it. And, but one way or another, from that moment, Saul's life would never be the, change, never be the same. Because it either meant that Jesus was real and he had to follow him, or he was going to be blind the rest of his life. One of these two things was going to happen. And there are other things that could have been as well, but he waited. So while he's waiting... Um, he does have his vision restored, and this is how it happens. While Paul is waiting, there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said in a vision to Ananias, he said, he said uh, Ananias, called him by name, he said, here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, rise and go into the street called Straight, the name of the street, 
um, to the house of Judas and look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying and has seen a vision of a man named Ananias coming and laying hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard about this man and how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who speak in your, in your name. Ananias wanted to make sure God knew who he, who he was. I always love these stories. But Lord, do you know? Don't we all do that? God, do you realize? And, and, but God is so patient with us. It's like, yes, I realize. I'd still like you to do that. And he's okay with us saying, hey, are you sure this is what we're going to do? Because it's also interacting with him. It's being honest with who we are. I'm nervous about this because. I don't want to do this because. It's still dialogue with God. God's still okay. He's big enough to understand. Okay, well, I'm, I'm scared of this. Gotcha. I'll be there for you. You know? Just do it. So, but the Lord says to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name to the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. The name, we're Gentiles right there, meaning people that aren't of Israel. That's the whole thing that means. By the way, pretty much all of us in this room, that was new because the Gentiles were not the ones, they didn't have access to who God was. So, God's saying right now, hey, hey, I'm doing some new things here. And I'm using this man as my instrument. And I was like, okay, you know what you're doing. I'll do it. So now I get to find where I am on the page. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Saul had a passion to serve his God. He was just going about it the wrong way. God set him straight and not only restored his sight, but also restored his vision. The vision of wanting to do the right thing is what had put him on the I need to do it this way. This is what I have to do. And God interrupted that and said, you know, your heart is in the right place, but your actions are wrong. You know, this is, you mean well, but this is not going well. This is a reminder to us to humble ourselves in times when we're sure we're right and allow for the opportunity that God needs to teach us something different. Truth is truth. Popularity does not change truth. We are not called to defend the truth of God. We are called to proclaim it. Y'all, do y'all miss hearing truth in general? Like everything that comes through, like news or whatever, you got to go, that's that person's opinion, you know, taking what they hope is a fact or... You know, I want to talk about these facts or this truth, and then trying to create a truth. And you listen, you go, I just can't hear the truth in that. Or, you know, you just don't trust who it is. Or, you know, it's, it's hard. I miss the truth as well, but I know 
God's truth is out there. And he means for us to find it. And so it can't be destroyed. As, as, and as much as you want to hide it, it doesn't work that way. Others might want to hide it. It, doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. Saul spent the rest of his life proclaiming the gospel, which is, you know, the, the good news of Jesus. And um, the, the good news of Jesus is full of moments. There are four books written by four different people to talk about the good works that they could remember at the time that God inspired them to write the scripture. And I'm sure they still didn't get all of them. We'll get to hear, you know, the deleted scenes when we get to heaven. That'll be awesome. We got all eternity to hang out with that. That's cool. <clears throat> There's several moments, but Jesus' ministry began um, when he turned water into wine, and it ended at the time that his, um, when he was arrested. One way to look at that. I'm not, you know, trying to whatever, but this is that this was the, these were the moments where he stood out and he intentionally was on a path, and then when he was arrested. Once he was arrested, he was, that was then like the trial and execution phase. Like he was going to be, this was, this was not going to end well for him. While he was going through the trial and execution, his disciples waited for the moment that he would step out in his authority. It was even on the minds of the priests that taunted him, saying, he saved others, but he can't save himself. If he could, he would So they use that as like, you know, a reason to believe that this obviously isn't, this isn't who this was. Jesus died while they were still waiting on that moment. But because Jesus knew, it was because Jesus knew that if he didn't save himself, he could save all the others. Let that sink in. That's me. That's all of y'all. Like he could have said, no, 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 this hurts. Because <laughs> it did. He was tortured before he was killed. You know? But he's like, no, no. I know when the right moment is. And it's not now. It's coming. Have you ever heard of a, uh, it's a, a theater term called uh, Deus Ex Machina. Um, it is a, uh, in ancient Greek and Roman drama, a god character was introduced to play, um, in a play to resolve the plot. Um, in modern movies, it's used to describe an unlikely artificial device serving as this purpose. So a deus ex machina moment may like God, a god like salvation outside of the mechanism of the plot. So the, the plot as a mechanism, like this is what's happening, this is where we're going, and something that just doesn't seem like a part of that comes out from nowhere and just now it's all resolved. Some see that as like kind of cheap ways of, of doing things, but like some examples, like um, in the Lord of the Rings, why didn't they just fly off to the, like the eagles? Why didn't they just fly on them to begin with, you know? Spoilers, you know, whatever that's there, but you know, you kind of wonder like, okay, they went to all this stuff, why didn't they just go over there? There's some explanations for why that happens, but, but it just seems weird that they're just, you know, kind of plucked up at the last little moment. Um, the movie World of War, uh, War of the Worlds, which of course is a tongue-tied twister I knew I would have issues with. All the aliens come down and we think they're just going to you know, knock it all out. And it turns out that the bacteria that was already on the earth started killing them as soon as they got here. 
So, you know, maybe someday COVID will save the earth from an alien invasion. <laughs> cool, right? You know, silver lining. <clears throat> you're, you're keeping the mood real good. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> When, when Jesus died, his disciples gathered in a locked room, not knowing what else to do. Their vision of being a part of Jesus' kingdom was shattered. Three days later, three days, Jesus returned and restored their vision. In real life, there's no such thing as a deus ex machina moment. You know why? Because we don't serve a God that exists outside our plot. He is a part of our lives. He wants us to be a part of his plan. He wants to walk by us. He wants to guide us and comfort us as we seek to follow him moment to moment. When I was a teenager, I had a cassette tape of a comedian named uh, Mark Lowry. And for those who don't know, a cassette tape is kind of like a podcast you could fix with a pencil. <laughs> Mark had a favorite Bible verse, and he said, and it came to pass. I just love that verse, don't you? <laughs> it came to pass. It didn't come to stay. Yeah, you thought it was going to be ridiculous, but it hit you. He wasn't, you didn't see that coming. That's why I remember it. From however many decades ago it was, I was a teenager. Did you have a good year last year? Did you have a bad year last year? Hold on, it'll pass. Did you have a good year last year? Hold on, it'll pass. <laughs> Still part of Mark's spiel there. But from this moment for you, what's next? What's now, you know? There are moments that we each have, and you need to be able to remember them. Remember the good, push through the bad, and let God guide you. Let's pray. God, I thank you for guiding us in moments that, that we need to lean on you for. I thank you that you want us to reach out to you, to share the good, to, to lean on you through the bad, and that, you, that life is meant to be moment after moment after moment. And I thank you for the precious moments that we have. God, if there's somebody here that, that needs to do something and they need a moment today to remember, I pray you put on their hearts to come up and say something. Like, I need a moment. And I just don't let that moment go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If y'all want to join us. We are so excited you joined us this week. We want to stay connected to you. If you're new at Victory, would you go to victorychristian.church and click on I'm new here. Also, you can click on next steps. Let us know if you've made a decision to follow Jesus or if you'd like to get baptized. You can also let us know if you'd like to take our Discover class, which is a two-hour class where we tell you more about Victory and how you can get involved. You can also use Next Steps if you'd like somebody from our team to reach out to you. We also have a couple of helpful apps that you can download on your mobile device. One of them is the Church Center app, which has all of our upcoming events, all our groups that are meeting in homes and at the church, tons of helpful information there. We also have the Parent Q app. The Parent Q app puts all of our children's ministry materials at the fingertips of mom and dad. With both the Church Center app and the Parent Q app, when you're prompted to, let it know that you're part of Victory Christian Church and it will uh, give you all the resources there. If you'd like to give financially to Victory, just click on Give and thank you. 
We hope that all these resources are a blessing to you. Our heart's desire is that we want to connect you in every way so that you can have a life-changing relationship with Jesus. We're so honored that you joined us this week, and we hope to see you again next week.